0: A lot of people are afraid of that this Ukraine-Russia war will lead to World War III. We're in World War III. We have the bankers that are doing a coup of the world trying to take it over. And so it's the people against the government right now. And it's not a war of guns, it's a war of information and money.
1: To understand the importance of Bitcoin, you have to understand the history of money, but also history in general. There's no better person to explain that than Mark Moss, who seems to be an encyclopedia of all things human history. He absolutely broke down what's happening right now, the historical context for it, and what we need to do to be sovereign and free in the new world. Yeah.
0: I got you a copy. God, everybody's giving me books. Yeah, why not? Uh, Alex Fetsky and I, we just wrote that. We took the Communist Manifesto, we reversed it, and we wrote the Uncommunist Manifesto. Why'd you write this? <sighs> because we, you know, we have to wake the world up, right? I, I, believe, I believe that a lot of people are afraid of that, this Ukraine-Russia war will lead to World War III. We're in World War III. We have the bankers that are doing a coup of the world trying to take it over, and so it's the people against the government right now. And it's not a war of guns, it's a war of information and money and i got i got i got bitcoin and i got memes and i'm ready to go to war (laughs) and the memes are probably (laughs) and that and that and that's how we win right so um good ideas win because they're good ideas that's why the powers that be censor they can't win in the open market right so uh, we have to continue to put out as much information what you and i do right so putting out books, putting out content. I mean, your videos have like a
1: mil- half a million, million views,
0: yeah. it's insane. Yeah, yeah. Aren't we the mainstream media now? Well, we, we, we certainly are. I mean, maybe not me, but I mean, Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, for sure, right? Alternative, alternative news to that point. And um, that's why, and, and ultimately, that's what has really caused a lot of this escalation of the problem, is that the powers that be realize that they've lost the narrative, to your point they've realized that we're mainstream, they're not. And I think over the last two years, what we've seen is that dying, that gasp of last dying gasp of air, like we better better hang on. And so they're trying to censor, they're trying to shut everything down. Um, A really good parallel would be the 1500s, which was the Protestant Reformation. At the time, the printing press 70 years earlier had decentralized the information of the Bible and everybody started to read the Bible and said, wait a minute, everything that the church was telling us is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And so they labeled them heretics and they would kill them, and lots of people were killed for speaking out against that, but it didn't matter. The information was too powerful. A standing army is no match for a good idea whose time has come, and so it didn't matter how many people they killed, they couldn't stop it, and so the same thing is true today. They're killing people, they're de deplatforming de- de- people, right? Not killing them, but deplatforming them. Killing Telling their ideas. Killing their ideas, killing their character, right? Um, it doesn't matter. The information's out. It's decentralized, and, and uh, They've lost the battle, but they haven't haven't lost the war yet. They haven't lost the war. And so if we truly are in a war of information and they're losing, meaning the Joe Rogan's and Tucker Carlson's, you and I, I mean, I get about 2 million views a month across my platforms, which is you know big. Joe Rogan's got 200 million, but whatever. Yeah, but we all can't be Joe Rogan. Right, right. But I mean, 2 million is is still considerable. Um, So if we're doing that and they've lost, I mean, uh, CNN gets Six, seven hundred thousand views on an episode, right? Um, so they they've clearly lost. So then, how can they win that war that they're clearly losing? If they've lost the battle, they haven't won the lost the war. So they have to continue to censor, and they're going to have to continue to escalate ways to like really try to control that. And uh, there's some scary ways that they could do that. So, for example, there's precedents in the United States. In China, you speak out against the government, they just disappear yeah, you. Get it done. Right um, In the U.S., we saw 1798, 1918, 1944, we saw the Sedition Act, we saw the Smith Act. In a time of war, the United States government three times has said, if you say anything bad about the government, 20 years in prison. Yeah. So they can't stop Joe Rogan because he can just keep making information on the Internet, but they could threaten him with jail time. And so uh, that's, uh, you know, the, the battle or the war is definitely not over. Do you think that's a reasonable possibility that something like that would happen? Well, all of a sudden we're getting thrown into a war, which is pretty interesting.
1: Canada. Look at Canada.
0: Yeah, I but... it's uh, not
1: Joe Rogan, but your average person in a country that's comparable to the United States is yeah. seeing freedoms in broad daylight.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, obviously that's one part, but I'm more thinking about what the Russia Ukraine situation is. Right. So like the U.S. like wants to go to war so bad. Like why? Always. <laughs> Always. Right. But like, why? Why do they need to go to war? Like, why, do they, why are they so bent on going to war? Like they, We've spent whatever, $800 billion in the Ukraine war already, but won't sit down diplomatically and try to resolve things. That's off the table. Like, shouldn't that always be the first thing? That's what our parents would teach us if we got our fired. parents. That's what our parents would teach us. And think about Canada. You mentioned Canada, right? So the truckers had the protest, and all they wanted was Trudeau to say, hey, let's roll back some of these mandates. Most of the provinces already did it. Right. It wasn't that unreasonable of a request, and he refused to sit down with them and even hear what they had to say in a democratic government. He wouldn't hear what they had to say. And very similar back to the Ukraine thing, they're refusing to even sit down and have a diplomatic conversation. Last week, um, Zelensky and Putin came to some terms. Yeah, it seems- and the U.S. said, no, we don't accept those terms. And who the heck is the U.S. to decide that? Let's go to war. Why would they want to go to war? Well, maybe to control the war of information, maybe. Something bigger going on. but. Yeah, so where does Bitcoin play a role in this in the future? So, what's really interesting, if you look at monetary history, understanding Bitcoin is uh, difficult because you have to understand all these things, game theory and philosophy and monetary history and economics. Yeah, we have a PR problem of simplifying. Right, right. (laughs) Well, um, it's different things to different people. But what's very interesting, and I talked about this, I was on the main stage today and I kind of dropped this piece. But what really, people say, "What, what backs the US dollar? It used to be backed by gold. Since 1971, it's been backed by nothing. Some people might say it's backed by the military. Um, it's, backed by, government. It, it's backed by trust. Yeah. And, and really, that's the answer. So I trust that if you give me a dollar, someone else will take it from me in the future. Right. In Venezuela, where the currency inflated 2,500%, there's no trust. And the money just lays on the ground. Nobody picks it up. Trust is, like, is the glue that holds relationships, holds the, the society together you're married, I'm married, you know, I have business partners, whatever. If I suspected my business partner of embezzling from me, I'm starting to get very suspicious, I'm starting to doubt him, I'm starting to maybe treat him a little bit differently, and I'm losing trust, I'm losing trust, I'm losing trust, I'm losing trust. He's hiding things from me, and then I find the proof. He stole from me. The trust is broken. At that point, it's broken. It doesn't come back. Right? Trust is broken. So, if we look at polls, they've been running polls, and trust has been dwindling in the United States. We've lost trust in our institutions, right? So, we trusted Wells Fargo, but they put all these fake accounts on our account. We trusted Facebook, they sold all our data. We trusted the Federal Reserve to manage our money. They printed 40 percent more money in the last 24 months. We trust all these institutions, we can't trust them. So, trust is going down, 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 down. Well, it's gradually then suddenly. So, we saw in Canada, to the point, I'm back to Canada, if you donated 25 bucks to a legally protected situation, they they then said that that was illegal and you're froze. They freeze They're your bank froze out your and, account and, and, because and you're you donated twenty five dollars. And so all of a sudden, even Jordan Peterson went on to, on uh, on the internet and said, uh, "Hey, my friends in the military are saying that I should get my money out of the banks." Everybody starts pulling their money out of the banks because they don't trust. Back to the word trust, right? They don't trust the banks, so I'm going to pull my money out before you freeze it. The banks quickly reversed that whole thing once they realized what was happening, but trust got, trust was dying. And that was like almost left for dead. It was still kind of wobbling. And not more than a couple weeks later, February 26, 2022, they just killed it, right? They basically, the whole world, they seized Russia's bank accounts. So there's three global superpowers, Russia, China, and the US with nukes. All the other countries are tier two countries or tier three. And so if, and it wasn't just the US, it was the FX reserve system, right? So Russia has been de-dollarizing for a long time. Most of their savings, $600 billion, was in different currencies. But the whole financial system worked against them to basically freeze their assets, kick them out of the financial system. And so back to trust, they trusted the financial system and their trust was violated. The rest of the world just watched that happen and goes, well, wait a minute. I'm a tier two, tier three nation. If it can happen to Russia with nukes, what chance do I have? None. I have none. So we saw it on a, on a big scale with Canada, but then for the whole world to see, it was, the, it was the kill shot, right? And trust died that day, and it's a very interesting situation that we go into. So for you know, all of history, 5,000 years, gold was money. When I have gold, I have gold. Nobody has claim to gold. I have it. Um, 1971 we got off the gold standard we went into like a treasury system a US dollar like a fiat money system So it's a 50-year experiment that we're on which required a lot of trust now if we rewind just real quickly um, from 1913 to 1933 the government created too many of these paper gold certificates so by 1933 people had their gold in the banks and they printed too many paper certificates, so they seized all the gold. So we trusted the banks, the government, they seized it. 1944, Bretton Woods Agreement, redo the gold system. By 1971, the government had printed too many paper certificates again. The nations came and said, give me the gold, and the US said, take a hike. So the the, the world trusted us, and we said, screw you, you don't get your gold. We went into this fiat money system, and now, we said, now you don't get your fiat money either. Right. And so trust is dead. So what's interesting is, so what comes next? So if Bretton Woods was the gold system, say 1971, we went onto a, a fake fiat money system. that Maybe they call that Bretton Woods 2. Now, what, standard. what comes next? Well, I, you know, I'm not sure. I wasn't ready to go there, but it's a commodity standard. Right. So gold's a commodity, right? So Russia has commodities you take my dollars, that's fine. I got gold, I got oil, I got gas, I got wheat. And so money is not wealth. Money helps us acquire wealth, but they have the wealth, the goods and services. So um, we're in the situation now where it's like, well, I have to have my gold and I have to have it because the UK just sees $2 billion of Venezuela's gold. So if I keep my gold in someone else's safe, it's not safe there either. Funny seeing nations learn the not your keys, not your coins uh, message with their actual assets. Exactly. So if you think about that, so now every country is trying to stockpile commodities. China has cornered 50% of the world's wheat. The U.S. has done nothing. Um, But how do we move forward in a world with no trust? I can't can't trust my gold in your safe because you could steal it. I can't trust my reserves because the banking system could steal it. So how does the world move forward when we're in a global trade environment? And I don't, I don't know. It's almost like we might need a decentralized ledger that nobody could control. I know, crazy. I mean, Who would ever invent something like that? Who would ever invent something like that? <laughs> but I love, obviously you're a historian,
1: yeah. right? And you can point to these times in history when we've seen similar things. Isn't yeah. that a wild indictment on humanity that we never learn a lesson?
0: Well, History uh, just
1: continues to repeat itself. When when you're pointing back to something that happened 500 years ago and can make a direct corollary to what's happening right now. Yeah,
0: the problem is it's always man, humans, right? It's always humans that uh, distort things. But the other problem is that as humans, we want to specialize in trade. You have kids, I have kids. When they're in preschool, they're trading. It's just, it's just human nature. Trade of baseball cards was my entire existence when I was little. It's yeah. just human nature, right? Trade me your chips for my apple or whatever, right? Um, I don't like tuna fish. Trade me your peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> whatever, right? Um, so we naturally want to trade. We naturally want to specialize. Um, we naturally want to, you know, create things. So we have to do that. But we have to have trust for that. But as to your point, we never learn the lesson because trust never. keeps dying over and over. So how do we continue, right? We just keep making the same mistakes over and over. Seemingly. But we never had an asset like Bitcoin before.
1: I, I've had the conversation quite a few times, even sitting here, where it's what would have happened if in 2008 they had just let the system fail, let the banks fail, go into depression. Would we be better off in 2022 now? We would have had worse pain, certainly for those times, but maybe the reset would have yeah. helped us now. But there was no Bitcoin at that point. Yeah. So you can almost, you can't
0: blame them because there there's was no not other the system. asset to rush to. But yeah. now there's no excuse. Right. So, you know, you asked the question again, so like, how do we move forward? And they're gonna try to go to this commodity money, it's not gonna work. I think, you know, the longer they keep pushing the asset bubbles up, the bigger the bubble gets, the harder it crashes. Oh, oh. So it probably would have been better in 2008 than it would be today, except for maybe, except for maybe, if you study the way like, um, the USSR collapsed. The USSR, communist—you know—communism. Um, at the end, you know, before it collapsed, it was bad, and the people living under communism had it rough. They got their ration of rice and sugar if they were lucky, and that was it. And so, what happened is they were forced to go build parallel structures, black markets. Right. And so everybody was living in the black market, and it did two things. One, it took away the power from the government because you can't control me if I'm not in your system. And two, when it inevitably crashed, it cushioned the blow because there was all these parallel structures set up. And so Bitcoin is doing that. Bitcoin is allowing these parallel structures to be set up, which is doing the same thing, taking power away from the state. As we take our money out, they're losing power. But hopefully, my hope, is that by the time it inevitably crashes, there'll be enough parallel structure set up that'll cushion that blow and maybe it won't be that bad. So back to the 2008, maybe it would've been way worse then and maybe it could be softer in the future.
1: Right, we we can get a soft landing now because we actually have the parallel structures and the assets to do it with. you talk about this decline in trust. It's kind of a optimistic view in a weird way because I feel like most people in the face of evidence, pain, whatever, will continue to trust the structures just because they've been told to forever. Yeah. And people are, cog- it's cognitive dissonance exactly. to finally flip the switch and say, you know what, yeah. I give up on everything that I've been taught forever. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and to your point, we don't ever learn. And, and, and it's just because we don't have any other option. So like, if you're my business partner, I don't trust you anymore, but I'll go into business with, something else, with someone else and I'll trust them. So it's kinda like, and that's what a lot of people think, they're like, if we could just get rid of this bad guy and get a different guy in, things would get better but it's just human nature. And so for the first time ever, we have this trustless environment with Bitcoin, right? And it doesn't require trust, which you know other areas of society will still require trust. I have to trust that if you're my waiter, you didn't put poison in my food. Right. I have to trust if I'm on the road, you're not going to go head on with me. So there's always going to be trust, but uh, it's the money that we have to you know, really think about. Maybe we need a separation of uh, state and money like we had a separation of church and state. It's almost like that. Well, but it's and in, 100%. But we need a separation of money from even just people. Like nobody should have the power to create money. Not just the state. Like nobody should. Right. But
1: uh, could there ever be another system that comes along that is even superior to Bitcoin or a new system that is created that could be that
0: future of money? Yeah, it depends on what time frame we're looking at. So a lot of times when you have these discussions, it's like over what time frame, right? So the way that I look at it, back to kind of this historical lens is that on a, on a, on a 40 to 60-year, I call it a 50-year time frame, there's a, there's a technological revolution, right. not a new technology. The iPhone was a new technology. A new technology improves things. I took a computer, I took a phone, I put them together, it made it better. Now I have a computer in my pocket. Great. It improved things, but it wasn't a revolution. The difference is a technological revolution does two things. One, it changes the course of humanity, and it builds financial markets. So there's been five. Late 1700s, the Industrial Revolution, brought people from the farms into cities and factories. Steam engines and railways. All of humanity, we had manpower, horsepower. Now we had steam engines and we could move stuff across continents. Uh, electricity and steel, I don't have to tell you about that. We could only build one or two stories. Now we could build skyscrapers and bridges and electricity, obviously. Uh, oil, automobiles. All of, all of humanity, people walked and now we had transportation. 1971, the microprocessor, which brought us telecom, internet, right? 1971 plus 50 years is right now. here today. And so, what we're witnessing is a technological revolution. So, Bitcoin isn't a new technology; it's a revolution that's going to change the course of humanity. It's that big. So, um, will we ever see anything better? Was the question that you asked. And you know, over what time frame? I don't think for a long time. That would be like, would we see something better than the internet come right. along? And I think this is what people are missing because they think it's a technology, but it's not. And so the internet is, a, the internet is built on a, on a stack, right? And we have a protocol, like a base protocol, TCPIP. And that, that TCPIP protocol transfers packets of data. And on that protocol, we have trillions of applications, my personal website, Netflix, TradingView, whatever, right? Trillions of applications on a single protocol. Does that make me a TCP IP protocol maximalist? Of course not. Now, what would happen if we change that protocol? Trillions of applications would get wiped out. So now we have a new protocol that transfers value, the Bitcoin network. And it could have trillions of applications built on that protocol. But we need a protocol that cannot be changed. Ethereum changes monetary supply. Cardano has decentralized governance. You can't have governance to change the protocol. What happens to all that, right? So you need a base protocol that never changes. And back to the original question, will there something be better coming along? Like, we don't have a better TCPIP protocol. My answer is no. <laughs> not,
1: yeah. not, not, not in my lifetime. Yeah, probably
0: not in our lifetime. I would agree with that. So listen so guys, this is
1: the book. Where can everybody check you out and uh, follow your millions of, uh, yeah, to become so, part of that Yeah, uh, so man, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm fighting this war of information, so I'm putting it everywhere. So we wrote the book, check it out, uncommunist.com. Uncommunist.com, hoping to wake up some minds with that. Um, Just search Mark Moss on YouTube, podcast, and radio, nationally on on the radio as well. You're syndicated. Mark Moss, and you'll you'll find me. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already left a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do that now. Spotify just added ratings, so please go ahead and click that five star. I'll see you guys next time.